are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 427, a.k.a. year nine, week three, coming at you this week. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC. And since this is your regularly scheduled Saturday broadcast, uh, we are live on the old clubhouse. Uh, We click the button on the clubhouse around 3 p.m. Eastern time, Saturday afternoons. Uh, If you want to participate, find the club. It's the Anarchist Experience. Or at me at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H. And I will click the little invite button uh, when I I start the recording um, so that you get the invite and you know we're live. And then come in, participate, you know, do whatever it is you do and have some fun. That being said, uh, what is going on with you this week, MC? I don't remember. So, (laughs) yeah, not a lot is going on. What a, Did you hear uh, Ted Ted Kaczynski is, is found dead in a cell? Yeah, I I mean he was old, so I don't know. I mean, I I saw the headline briefly right before we started the show here, and so I don't know if it was if they're assuming foul play or if it's of natural causes. Um, do you have a general opinion on Ted Kaczynski? Uh, like I don't. Well, that okay. So uh, background is he's the Unabomber. Yes, and that much I knew. Well, I watched a documentary on him, and from my perspective, uh, the CIA or whatever government institution that was messing with his, his brain in, in college um, really screwed him over, like really really uh, messed, messed his brain up. And uh, Beyond just the normal college indoctrination? Like, I don't know any of, any of that background. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it, was, it was beyond woke before woke was a thing. And, okay. Uh, so he he was messed up so much that he even tried to get a, a sex change, and then ended up uh, sending a bomb to uh, the do- one of the doctors that uh, uh, either was planning on going through with it or denied him. I can't remember, but um, well, probably denied been, him if he was trying to get one. Right? Why would you bomb the guy who's going to help you out there? Um. Yeah, I'll have to watch it again. But there, there, there was some back and forth because back then you couldn't just do it. You know, you, you'd actually they'd have to, you know, see if you how how mentally brain damaged you were before they'd say it's a good thing to do or not. So, but anyway, in his manifesto, it, it made it seem like he was uh, bombing random people in in order to achieve whatever terrorism goal he was he was after. Um, but that wasn't the case at all. He, you know, he knew nearly everybody that he sent a bomb to. So, okay. Um, so yeah, I'd, uh, you know, he, so, some people I think were, I, I don't know, looking to him for inspiration or, you know, whatever. Okay. But, um, I mean, last week, uh, Sunday he, was kill dozer day. Yeah. Right. So, so are we, anyway, are we t- trying to compare t- this to, n- no, I'm not I'm just, as a revenge plot or, okay. No, but some, you know, some people do. I 
idolize people that are uh, extremely violent and, and they have some type of agenda. But his agenda was uh, all messed up because he, he was a liar, you know. So, um, you know, whatever Marxist idea he came up with uh, in his manifesto was uh, uh, based uh, on lies, in my opinion. So. Okay. So no harm, you know, no harm, no foul. He died. Who cares? You know, it's just. Oh news. yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. It's just I mean, the, just the news. All right. I mean, fair enough. Right. Like the weird, you know, people people dying in their jail cells, right? Always reminds me of the Jeffrey Epstein suicide murder, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. And it's weird that that's the one that gets highlighted. Right, like Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. You know, just a reminder of the cover up, like Jeffrey Epstein, he didn't kill himself, but he was, you know, a pedophile child trafficker, right? So if he well, did or that's, didn't right? that's not the part that's interesting. The part that's interesting is the whole government uh co- colluding to push a narrative that, that he did and that and there's no evidence of uh suicide or or who who done it so um yeah that's the interesting part so i I just watched a video yesterday about epstein uh in in prison and so there was a there was a guy that was in in that prison at the same time epstein was and and he was saying that that no it's not it's not possible that all these things went wrong and and the guards you know yeah there was a lot of coincidences didn't know what was going on and, and, they, and they were asleep or something on the job. And that's like the government's narrative is like, no, it's not possible. <laughs> so. the, the guards fell asleep. The cameras stopped working and everything came on back on when he killed, you know, when he, after he yeah. died. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I get, I get the narrative and that aspect of it. Right. But again, if he had just, if he had gone to gen pop, right. And yeah, somebody offed him a- for being a pedophile. That would have been a more believable story. Understood, but we wouldn't care that he died. I guess is my no. point. No, we don't. We definitely don't care that he died. We, okay. We care. Well, the reason we care is because there's there's a woman sitting in prison for twenty years, uh, and and for for uh, doing you know child child molestation stuff, um, and there's not a single, uh, uh, you know, John, <laughs> that, right. That, they sold children to whom, and the yeah. to whom has not been answered. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so, te- technically, she could have, she should should have fought that and be like, "Well, who did I sell children to? You can't prove that I did it, <laughs> you know." But uh, I, I think that was a deal that that was made. Obviously, obviously. Yeah, I mean that. Otherwise, that you know, they hold up the photo of Jeffrey Epstein. And they go, "This could be you, right?" You know? <laughs> Just admit that you sold children to nobody and you'll be fine. Whereas this guy, right, with the, with the master list, you know, yeah. it's just, it, again, it's just weird. It's weird to me. Like I get the narrative, right? I understand that. Um, but from the outside looking in, I can see some confusion. I'm like, why do you guys care if a pedophile killed himself or not? He's dead. Like, let, let that be the end of it. Jeffrey Epstein is dead. Period. End of story. <laughs> Well, all, all the other criminals still are not dead. That's why. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, speaking of criminals, the uh, Trump 
indictments or whatever? Are you paying attention to this thing at all? Uh, not really. What's it? What's he indicted for this time? It's going back to the the stealing or the missing documents or um, whatever he did with the, you know, the sensitive classified information, and he keeps putting his foot in his mouth by opening mm. his mouth. You know, like it's Obama 40 chess, did. Man, what's that? It's forty chess. So Is he, it he though? He took the documents so that he could highlight the difference of how Biden and him are treated, you know, because Biden's got classified documents from the Obama days. And yeah, well, he brought up the Obama days. He brought up the Hillary's missing emails. Like, there were no indictments there. There's plenty of evidence for those. Yeah. You know, you're on a witch hunt. They're like, yes, okay, fine, right? But someone else getting away with the crime doesn't mean that you, crime is now legal, right? <laughs> I mean, It's a true, terrible but- defense. Uh, but but I think it's it's good that it's happening to you know show like like I said forty chess man it's like okay to show how the to to contrast the difference how how the game is played you know if you're Democrat I, you can do things and and that nobody will care if you're if you're if you're Donald Trump and you do anything well they'll come after you I had to break the law to show you that there's different classes of people yep yeah, all right also also weird. Also weird, but okay, if that's how you want to play. Yeah. yeah. Well, the law is stupid, too, so point that out. <laughs> I mean, in, in general, yes, right? Because classified documents ought not exist Yeah, at yeah. the government level, mm-hmm. right? We, we, the people, you know, the, the public who pays, you know. We, we need to know about these aliens, man. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> how ridiculous is that? That's Paul so, Krugman level stuff. Let's today, distract him with aliens. Or or today or yesterday there was there so Babylon B posted it says not the B so it's a true thing that happened this this family calls up 911 and said there was this light came down from the sky and landed in the yard and and uh now there's two you know 8 to 10 feet uh creatures standing in the backyard and <laughs> they've got, you know, big eyes and, you know, big shiny eyes. And they're like, they're like huge. It's like, they're like monsters. <laughs> so there, so there's a nine one. I haven't listened to the tape yet, but I want to. Uh, so anyway, I mean, okay. Shit like that gets reported all the time. And, all right. and you know, it's like, well, you, you can't really believe it till you see it, but um, yeah, I'm still waiting to see these aliens in person. Mm-hmm. I know that there was a story, I, I don't remember what it turned out to be, um, like, you know, Californians were calling UFOs, uh, or calling 911 on UFOs that turned out to be like, you know, st- oh, it was planets, right, or stars or something, like when, when, the, when the planets were crossing the horizon or whatever, you know, they, they, t- they saw it and they went, you know, hey, there's some UFOs in the sky, I'm like, oh, no, that's just Venus and Uranus crossing the horizon, man, you, you can stop calling 911 now. So, so again, people are just dumb. They do stupid things. All right, I'm bored. Shall we do headlines? Knock it out of the park. Uh, sure. All right. Uh oh. Maybe we're still going because this is on my phone, um, but my PC just dropped the internet. So hopefully, all these headlines are loaded up and ready to go. All right, headline. Uh, migrants stage pavement protest outside London Hotel demanding private rooms and better Wi-Fi. 
Uh, headline, DeSantis reminds public universities uncomfortable truth about he who pays the piper. Uh, headline, one reason for New York's pitiful rollout of legal pot, license preferences for victims of prohibition. Uh, headline, government surveillance injures the innocent. Headline, don't confuse local control with small government. And finally, headline, phony climate change catastrophe and why Americans will foot the bill. Uh, I know that's the last one. What's that? Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite one. Yeah, sure. yeah. That's, any, anytime it comes up, I go like, ooh, I, I know we have a winner here somewhere. <laughs> All right, phony climate, uh, excuse me, phony climate change catastrophe and why Americans will foot the bill. When it comes to capital waste, there's nothing more destructive in all of history than the current disastrous campaign to eliminate CO2 emissions in the name of saving the planet from phony climate change catastrophe. Oh, I'm going to interject real quick because this was a headline that we pulled. I don't know if we did it here. Um, I know we pulled it for uh, Free Talk Live. Um, Ireland was going to like slaughter 200,000 cows uh, to help climate change and reduce you know, the, the methane emissions methane. Oh of, the, of, the, of the farting cows. So that's that's what it's come to, right? Like this is this is how dumb it is. Uh, back to the article: two mindless projects of national impoverishment. These are embedded in a proposal regulatory dragnet to force sixty-seven percent of new auto sales into EVs by twenty thirty-two, and a Washington-funded green energy plan to induce America's great oil companies to build the equivalent of energy pyramids, likely resulting in corporate harakari not too far down the road. Literally, trillions of perfectly good capital stocks, such as IC engine autos and coal-fired power plants, will be dismantled well before their useful lives are completed. And this wasted capital stock will be replaced with low and no-efficiency interruptible wind and solar electric power and completely asinine schemes like carbon capture from the ambient air that will heavily subsidized by Uncle Sam. But to cut to the chase, the carbon capture scheme, which Occidental Petroleum, for example, plans to allocate billions, is the equivalent of building 21st century energy pyramids. Huge amounts of energy and materials will be used to build and operate these monstrosities. But unlike present-day present remnants of the Egyptian pyramids, we doubt that some future owners will be able to charge tourist admission, meaning that the return to society on investment will be somewhere between nix, nada, negatory, and nothing. This loony idea apparently stems from the fact that Occidental recently took a stake in carbon engineering, a startup backed by Bill Gates, which develops a system to capture, purify, and compress CO2, and oh, Warren Buffett is Oxy's controlling shareholder to boot. It's no wonder this once great American company is being led off the deep end by these two and its Fortune 100 style woke CEO, Vicky Holub. In any event, these contraptions are to sit out by the lonesome in the open expanses of Texas, employing giant fields of fans, which pull plain old ambient air into huge containers. Therein, massive amounts of energy and chemicals will be de deployed to bind with the CO2 to separate it from the air, eventually creating pellets. These pellets will then be heated to release pure carbon dioxide, which in turn will be compressed to be transported through pipelines and funneled deep underground. 
Naturally, Oxy's executives have been led to believe that they're doing God's work with a big helping hand from Uncle Sam's lavish subsidies. For instance, uh, Richard Jackson, Occidental's president of the U.S. Onshore Resources and Carbon Management, is clearly drinking the Kool-Aid in big gulps. We can turn CO2 into value, he said. Well, no, they will be doing just the opposite, turning valuable ambient CO2 on which the planet and animal life on the planet depends into dead material to be buried deep into the earth at the enormous waste of economic resources. Thus, Occidental estimates in its initial cost to remove a metric ton of CO2 would be between $400 and $500. It claims that as, as it manufactures more plants and efficiencies kick in, it will be able to roughly have that to between 200 and 250 a ton by the end of the decade. But so what? Waste is waste. In turn, this deadweight loss to society will be compounded by federal tax credits. The Inflation Reduction Act, signed into law by Sleepy Joe in 2022, rewarded companies that capture and stored atmospheric CO2 with a $180 tax credit per metric ton contained permanently. So it's obvious how Oxy intends to make this pencil out, given that the implied cost of carbon capture amounts to $90 to $180 per barrel of oil equivalent. That is, the taxpayers will fork over the cost. But there's more. In its wisdom, Washington will be mandating energy producers, auto producers, airlines, most other businesses, and eventually households <coughs> to, to purchase CO2 credits from schemes like Oxy's carbon capture boondoggle for the privilege of engaging in daily economic life and commerce. And that's just the plain malefic. Oxy will be making money double-charging Americans for the idiocy of carbon capture first in the tax credit and then in the higher cost of everyday goods and services impacted by the mandates to purchase carbon credits. Here's the thing. The sweeping, excuse me, the sweeping attack on rationality and economic productivity might make sense if CO2 were a super dangerous pollutant, one which threatens massive medical and economic harm to mankind. But that is not remotely the case. The campaign against CO2 is a secular religious crusade against what amounts to the soft underbelly of industrial civilization. It's as if a rampaging sect of misanthropes went looking for the molecule on which the planet's very life and prosperity depend, found CO2, and declared it as the horrific poison of modern life. Yet the very science of the matter in this history of the planet revealed that anti-CO2 crusades, for what it is, a contemporary form of witchcraftery. Uh, end of the article. And I will mention, uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned it here before, um, several weeks ago or whatever, there was a headline mentioning that uh, one of these CO2 offset sellers, right, the CEO quit amid some um, accusations of fraud or misgivings or whatever, whatever it have you. Uh, so, MC, this is, this is your pet issue. Uh, what, what is going on here? Um, well, that article fills me with absolute rage. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to wake up on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, all I can think of is like this, this must be stopped. And, and I don't know, it's, 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 it's the worst possible thing you could do to the planet and, and just waste everybody's time and money. Um, right it, it it's worse than the government if you could imagine them digging a hole and filling it again 
you know, because they're actually taking, yeah, the stuff of life, which, uh, you know. All- they're digging a hole and filling it with the stuff of life. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we can grow. I mean, if you want to feed the planet, then more CO2 is more better. Um, there might be a limit to that. Uh, we will never hit it. So, you know, once we get to, you know, 800 parts per million, we're, we're currently at uh, four, 420 around there, parts per million CO2. Um, this, like I said, parts per million. This is, uh, it's something that plants absolutely depend on. Most, most of the plant's material actually comes from the atmosphere, not yep. the ground. Um, so, yeah, every time you cut your lawn... And, and you put the material in the bag and they you, uh, haul it off somewhere and maybe to the power plant and they burn it, whatever. Um, all of that is, or mo- most of that material is, is from the atmosphere. And uh, so, yeah, anyway, once we get to 800 parts per million, um, that might be optimal for, for life on planet Earth. I don't know. But the planet has had up to 2,000 parts per million. Um, and so even getting to that would be extremely difficult for us to do. We'd have to burn, you know, all the oil that's been, you know, all of the CO2 that has been trapped over millions of years, we'd have to put it back into the atmosphere again. But even, even then when that happens, um, that's, that's when dinosaurs were roaming the earth and, you know, (laughs) or at least the, uh, you know, the, 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 the foundation, the beginnings of life happened during that time. Okay. So, so it's absolutely not a threat to the planet. The planet will not overheat. Um, there, there will be a, an abundance of life during that time. Um, there, there is a point where too much CO two is bad for uh, humans and, and breathing. Uh, but like I said, that that point is so far beyond where we're at now. And also, also has nothing to do with the temperature of the Earth, right? You know, it's a total separate issue, <laughs> and we're nowhere near that. So, um, there's no reason to worry about CO two. There is a reason to put more CO two in the atmosphere. I mean, if I'm if I'm trying to find an optimistic outlook on this, right? They're burying, they're creating these CO two pellets and burying them deep into the Earth. Right. So, you know, hundreds of years, thousands of years from now when we're gone. Right. And they, you know, the future generations start to excavate this stuff. You know, is it is it then like a mining opportunity to benefit the future? Right? Oh, look, we found I, I we found all these, you know, pockets of CO2, you know, <laughs> and they can release I, it back. I, into, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's science fiction, It's science fiction at the moment. Yeah. But Jesus. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Well, I, 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 you know, the reason the reason I bring it up, but the reason I'm thinking about it, right, is because even you know they, they they the claim, right, is that even the oil that you're digging up now is you know fossilized dinosaur bones or whatever, you know, from from yeah, mo- millions of plant, years ago. Most of it is plant material from back when the Earth was more green. <laughs> you know? Right. So we're you know so we're digging it up now, which means you know whatever we're whatever we're putting in there now, you know is I like I here's another thing that I I consider I think the mines of the future will be the um landfills of today right because we throw out so much technology 
that it's it's all the you know the the cobalt the lithium you know gold silver copper you know whatever whatever they're putting into these things right is just going to be buried back into the earth like you know yeah. they they strip mine it right now to get it out in big chunks um and then we throw it back in there into a landfill or you know in in to furnace or whatever yeah. i just think that in the future, if you wanted to mine large amounts of those things, you just go, oh, yeah, where was the landfills? Right? Because that's where everyone's old iPhones are going to be. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's harder to separate those chemicals uh, and, and materials after they've been put into phones. But it is uh, now. You know, I, I, I keep speculating that, that you know once Elon makes his robot, that we'll just have robots go out and, and recycle all that stuff. You know, They'd be excellent at it. So. Like Wally, yes. <laughs> well, Wally was compacting everything and you know piling yeah. it up, but uh, yeah, actually recycle it and yeah, that would that would be ideal because you know having a human to do that and they and that and they do that in China. Uh, they have people that that grew up in landfills that have never been outside of the landfill. They don't know that there is anything outside of the landfill, and they just take apart old computers and get the gold and uh, metals out of it and set it somewhere and for somebody else to pick up and reuse. That's a little depressing. It is, <laughs> but it's, but it's really, it's, it's, uh, it's insane. That's why um, leftists will call for intervention. You can't let these kids live like that. Um, I mean, if it was, if it was happening in Hawaii, I, I, would, I would agree with that, that you can't do that to people. Um, uh, but it's, you know, I, I, it's not, it's not really my job to go over to China and tell them that, that they can't do that. That's kind of like China's problem, but, uh, okay. So is, I guess in my mind, we need to clarify then, is this slavery or is this the best option that those children have to survive the planet as it is for them now? Well, if, if, if somebody is raised in a landfill, and no, and no one is allowed to tell them that that there's something other than the landfill. Then it's it is a type of slavery of the mind. Okay. Um, but like, the, the, there, there's people that don't know that there's anything outside of where they are. I mean, the whole country of North Korea is like that. Yeah. I mean, this this is kind of like the allegory of the cave, right? You only know what your environment is. And yeah. Okay. So. So. I don't, I don't feel it's, it's still kind of depressing, but I don't feel as bad. Right. Like there's no, there's no, I mean, positive. it would, it would be worse if the kid knew there was something better and then wasn't allowed to leave. Yes. Yes. But, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not much worse. It's, it's like, yeah. I mean this, again, this discussion, a similar discussion came up, um, on free talk live when it came to the idea of, um, multi-generational interplanetary travel, right? Like there, there, if we, if we send off a spaceship with multi-generational, um, travel distance in mind, right? We have effectively, and you can argue against this if you want, I don't care. Um, we have effectively enslaved the generation on that ship, right? Cause their sole purpose is to keep the ship running Right to procreate and make sure that there is a third or fourth or whatever generation of people available to land it at the new destination 
and repo- and and you know start populating that planet, right, or wherever they happen to be. And so much like the children in the landfill, right, I'm like this is the situation you were born into, right? It does kind of suck, but you really don't have an option. So what are you going to do? Yeah, well, they don't even know they have options. So, well, yeah, but I mean, it it's functionally irrelevant, right? If you don't if you don't have or don't know, there's there's no functional difference in your situation. Uh, right. The difference isn't for them. The difference is for the people that do know better, that are you know taking the materials from from these people, and they have they they have every opportunity to give them an iPhone and say, look, or not any smartphone. Look, there's a whole world out there. Yeah, you can see it through this device. Sure. And then, of course, they would went out. <laughs> you know, they'd be like, oh crap, I don't want to be in this landfill. Right. It reminds me of the people from uh, Venezuela or some other countries that that come come here and 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 they and they show they show them like the inside of a costco they're like oh my goodness why is it why is all this stuff here this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) and i guess i'm i am selfish uh in general you know in the in the randian sense of the term um and i do i i personally feel no positive obligation um to inform dummies, right? Like okay. If, if well, I, I mean, if I can take advantage of an idiot, right? Then so be it. That's that's on him. Caveat emptor, you know. Yeah, but if the, if there was a landfill right next to where you work, and you know your job was to interface with these people, and I mean, <laughs> would you not take the opportunity to be like, hey, you know, uh, if you just like walk outside of here, there's you know, there's a mall and there's a, you know, a food court and maybe you know. <laughs> right? if, I, if I'm directly profiting from their stupidity and ignorance, right. Then, then, then why, what would compel me to do so other than some, well, I'm not saying compel, moral. but just, but just, just out of interest, like, well, I don't know. Like, um, I don't know. Does, does it feel good to, well, you, you keep saying that you're profiting, <clears throat> profiting off of them. That's the suggestion. Um, in, in, this is an example and that's the suggestion, right? Like I'm interfacing I, I'm, with I'm, these people. I'm, I'm, I'm make, getting paid. I'm making the, I'm making the assumption that you're, you're going to be all right, no matter what. Uh, okay. You know, if, if you tell this person, uh, you know, that there's a better life out there for you, you just don't know. Like, uh, I think, um, <clears throat> so it's, it's kind of like gen- in general, um, life is good and you know, it's hard, but life is good. And when you experience something good, you kind of want to share that with other people. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. It's kind of like, Oh, I played this cool video game. I think everybody should play it, you know? And then you share that information on the internet. Like, Oh yeah, this game is good. Um, it's kind of like that. Um, okay. It's, it's just, it's about sharing positive things. That's all. Right, and so I, I guess in this example, I might feel differently if there was no, if I wasn't benefiting, right? Like if if there was nothing in it for me, then sure. And I guess, oh man, how do I want to how do I want to tie this in? We do a lot of outreach, you know, this show and in life in general, trying to get people around to the ideas of freedom, liberty, anarchism, what have you right it's like no 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 you moron there is a better way 
right? But a lot of that is selfish. And I keep, I hate tying this all back into conversations I've had on Free Talk Live because um, then it feels like, you know, it's a sister show when it's not. I just happen to be on both. Um, I have a fundamental disagreement with Captain Kickass, like my main host when I'm on Free Talk Live. Because he is of the opinion that the only way for him to be perfectly free in this world is to free everybody else, right? Because, you know, like the Matrix example, as long as they're willing to fight against him and his freedom, right, then he cannot truly be free. And I go like, that's that's too much of an uphill battle, right? That is yeah. destined I mean, for failure. Well, st- statements like that are also I- idealistic, Sure. Um, so, so when, once you start saying like truly free, it's like, eh, not worth my time because, you know, ain't never going to happen. Right. And, and, and I think it's more important to think about how free can I be given whatever situation, even if I'm you know stuck in a landfill. Right. And, and so, and so that's the tie in, right? If, if I, I don't want, I'm not going to spend my time right? Trying to free these people from the landfill necessarily. Um, if number one, if it benefits me, number two, if it doesn't benefit me, then may, maybe I give it an effort, right? But just like talking to most status, right? You go like, Hey dude, there's this better way. And they go like, but what about the roads? You know, who's, who's going to, who's going to, who's going to like open up these, these iPhones and take all the parts out of it. You know, if I don't stay in this landfill, Right. And I go, well, fucking stay then, you know, like you got one. I'll try with you one time, you know, and then I'm just going to make fun of you for being an idiot. And then if you continue to be an idiot, I'm going to try to make some money off of you because I don't, I personally have no problem take advantage, taking advantage of morons. Right? If you, if you want to be a moron and, and do stuff unnecessarily, you know, by all means have at it. Um, and I'll tie this into work a little bit. Um, so I, I've shared stories of like conversations with the boss and you can go back and listen to those if you want to, but conversations with the boss turns into basically, you know, he's not all that bright outside of his narrow scope of being the boss, right? If you want to talk to him about sales and marketing and, you know, all of those types of things, he's pretty on point with what he's gleaned over you know a career in that field right but you move away from that and it's like eh you're kind of a dummy you know and so early on you know I've, I've been with the company like nine months now early on there was a lot of pushback when I felt that he was being a dummy like no that's just dumb like here's the right way to do it just do it the fucking right way you know and he's commented a couple of times, like, I, I didn't expect that much pushback from you. I'm like, well, because you, the way you're trying to do it is dumb. Like, not in those words, because I don't call my boss a dummy. I just call him a dummy on here. He's generally a nice guy, just not all that bright, again, outside of his narrow scope. And there's been so much, you know, like, well, let's just do it this way. I go, all right. And so my pushback has gotten less, right? I might mention it, like, Hey, here's a better way, you know, and then that's the only pushback I give now. And he goes, well, let's, let's, let's just do it this way. Um, the, the, so for example, 
we have uh, appointments set on our appointment calendar. And we generally run appointments for our sales guys at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 6 p.m. on this calendar. Well, occasionally, we have to reschedule customers. And occasionally, the customer will say, well, I don't really know my schedule. Can you call me back on Wednesday? Right? And since it stays on the same calendar, I will move the appointment to Wednesday, but I put it at 8 a.m. And that's my signal, and the boss knows this is the signal, right, that this is not a real appointment. This is someone we need to call to reschedule, right? Are you following me? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, I mean, if you're not following me, let me know. Cause I forget how we got onto this uh, topic, and I don't know what the topic is. Because <laughs> the boss is a moron, and, okay. I, and I don't push back against morons as much as I used to. I just take advantage of morons. Okay. Right. The the guy the guy strip mining the landfill, right, is a moron. And if I say to him, like, hey dude, you can come and live a life outside the landfill, and he goes, But what about the roads? Right? I'm like, fuck you, stay in the landfill at this point. <laughs> right. Okay. That's that's how we got there. Right. Put I I I'm tr- I'm done trying to free statists from their status mindset. Uh if they're just gonna push back and give me excuses on why their ways, like, you know, the only way they've known throughout their life is so much better, right? So that's, that's the, you know, if you're caught up, you know, this, this is my little example. So the boss goes, hey, you know those appointments that we need to call back, you know, on that day? Can you put them in at 8.30? I go, why? I already put them in at 8. That's how you know to call them back. He goes, yeah, I see those, but I want to see something in between the eights and the tens that I know we need to call back that day. And I went, that's already the eights. Like that's, that's the protocol in place, right? You need not look in between because it's regular appointments and preceding that is callbacks. And he goes, well, can we just do it my way? Cause it works in my head. I'm like, absolutely boss. We can do it wrong. You know, <laughs> yeah, and I might have said that. That I might have said, right? Because I'm, I'm not going to push back against that idiocy, right? I can absolutely put it in at eight thirty because it makes no fucking difference to me, right? <laughs> eight, eight thirty, nine, even nine thirty, right? It's not a real appointment. It's just there so we see it and remember we remember to call it back. So again, to tie that back in, I don't push back and. Um, they, they restructured, uh, they restructured my bonus so that I don't have the opportunity to make as much as I did a couple months ago since we hit our bonus. So like, well, we don't really want to pay you that much. So we're just going to cut it like, well, okay. You know, here cross our fingers. We still, you know, if we ever hit that level again, that might be the end of it. And then, you know, he, he checked in. He's like, so are you, are you still with us? I'm like, well, I'm not going to quit in the middle of the busy season. Like, this is when we're supposed to bonus, right? You you hit some bonuses. Like, let's push for some bonuses, and then we'll see where we're at in September, October, November again when there's no bonuses. Because if we don't, like, this was this was the year, right? You said what you showed me. You told me what was possible. You showed me the bonus structure. I got excited because we hit it, and then you took it away. You know, so let's let's see where we end up at the end of the year. But anywho, I just, I don't push back. 
right? I don't push back. I don't check in as often, right? It's the, that quiet quitting mentality, I guess, right? Like I don't, I don't, I no longer care enough, you know, to, to really help the company move forward, right? You, you've, 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 you've had the opportunity to listen to me, to, to do what I said. Oh, here's another example. If you don't, you know, if you don't mind me rambling. Um, so we're hiring people again, because that's, you know, it's, it's cyclical. People quit. We hire a bunch more. Um, and there's like, there's the protocol that I use to, to onboard people or get them started. Right. And he changed it. He's like, well, before we can hire them, I need to know what their hours of availability are. So send them the hours of availability form first. Right. I go, why? Who cares? He goes, well, because we can't be hiring just anybody. We can only hire the people who like fit the availability. I'm like, all right. You know, and then the next day he's like, well, we're training this week. We'll be training next week. And we're going to continue to train until we hire four more people. I went, okay. So why am I making it more difficult to hire, to bring people on board? Right? Like, why are you, why are you upsetting? You know, you're rocking the cart, upsetting the balance right? To make, we know they have trouble filling out the paperwork and now we're giving them an extra step, you know, knowing we have to overbook for class, you know, in order to get people to accept the job, right? To make it through training. And then there's going to be some attrition after that, right? It's, it's the natural cycle of this type of job, right? And so from the beginning, like from the beginning, I have said, you know, hire everyone with a pulse and let them self-select themselves out, right? You hire everyone, not everyone's going to fill out the paperwork. Not everyone's going to show up for class. Not everyone's going to stick it out through class. Not everyone's going to start work after class, right? And then after that, we can evaluate whether or not we're going to keep them longer than a week or two. And we keep the best yep. ones. Yep. You know, that's how it fucking works. Yep. But I made that suggestion to, to my bosses before too. Yeah. Because we, we had high turnover. And I'm like, well, we don't have enough people to turn over to. <laughs> right. That's the thing. You know, and the, and the same thing with, you know, with sales. So again, the sales department is completely different, but they're also dumb um, when it comes to this because they don't want to pay upfront. They don't want to pay the early, they don't want to make the early investment in people to get the right people, right? They just continually hire the wrong people, you know, instead. And so once again, you know, my boss has taken it upon himself, to, you know, no pay, as far as I know, no pay increase, just, Hey, let me do this preliminary work for you. Uh, because you guys suck at your job. Basically, he doesn't say it that way. Cause he's got more tact than I do. Uh, but basically he's like, let, let me filter out the people so that we're only inviting the good ones in. And I'm like, all right. So now you've in, because of their incompetence, right? You've now increased your workload and your burden to the company. Uh, but he's an old school team player and whatever's best for business, sort of, you know, to his own detriment. Um, but then does the same, non, you know, plays the same nonsense and, and shenanigans uh, with me if for our little, you know, fiefdom downstairs, right? Like just hire everybody and filter it from there. Like we ought not be worrying about finding the best ones because we're not going to find the best ones. Uh, we may over time, right? But we need bodies in chairs now so that we can hit our bonuses going forward. And you keep hamstringing me, right? With all these weird, you know, 
additions and protocol changes uh, that make it more difficult to bring those people on board. So he can also, right, stay in his own little, uh, his own little wasteland, his own little landfill, right? I'm mean, like, I already, I, t- I told you how to do it, you know, but we're going to do it your way and fine. I'll just sit here and do, you know, do now do the bare minimum of what's necessary uh, in, in order to like stay employed while you guys go on about your business in the landfill because nobody wants to listen to me. And when they finally do, it's like three to six months later. It's like, oh yeah, great idea, boss. Glad you thought of it. How could I have inceptioned that into your brain six months ago before you finally figured it out? Good idea. Fantastic. Shall we move on to the next article? Sure. Which one? Which other one do you want to do? Uh, I guess the first one. Okay. So this one, I wish KS was here. And maybe you can play the role of KS a little bit. Um, and it's not that I, it's not that I disagree uh, with KS and agree with the article. Um, but I do, I do think that this article... Uh, highlights and illustrates the conservative right-leaning you know at least here in the united states republican uh, point of view when it comes to the motives of migrants (laughs) okay so migrants stage pavement protest outside london hotel demanding private rooms and better wi-fi Uh, the group of 40 migrants are threatening to sleep rough outside the hotel until the UK home office agrees to its demands, better Wi-Fi, more financial assistance and private rooms were just some of the demands made by migrants who demonstrated outside the doors of their new hotel accommodations in an upscale residential area of central London on Thursday. The group of adult men, mainly of whom arrived in Britain illegally in small boats via the English Channel with the view of claiming asylum, used their suitcases to barricade the front doors uh, to the Pimlico Comfort Inn and staged a pavement protest against what they considered to be offensive living standards afforded to them by the British government. The group was recently transferred from a hotel in Ilford, Essex, but told reporters that their new accommodations was not to their taste and refuse to return to their rooms until they are each provided with private accommodations. They said, we're going to move you to another better place. They gave us this postcode. When we checked Google Maps, we said, oh, this is very nice. But when you get in, it's like a jail, and they treat you very, very bad. They treat you like an animal. A 21-year-old Iranian national who arrived in Britain via small boat told the Telegraph newspaper, Some complained that they had previously been assigned two people to a room, but were now expected to share an ensuite room with three others. The group also bemoaned the smell from the toilet and poor internet access. We are not kids. Everybody had a private room. We need a private room. How do you live with four men? Asked a 26-year-old African male. A local resident who lived close to the hotel told Remix, I live very close to this hotel, three or four minutes away in London, and the scene yesterday really was bizarre. 
lots of migrants sitting on the street outside the hotel and said they would not go back in as the taxpayer-funded accommodations was substandard. When I asked one of them, they went into a long rant about the bathrooms being dirty. Frankly, it does look like a terrible hotel, but tourists used to pay a thousand pounds per month to stay there. Richard Tice, the leader of the Reform Party founded by Nigel Farage, filmed an exchange with an Iranian national named Dia, one of the migrants objecting to the living conditions. These people come from another hotel, and this hotel is not good, Dia told the politician. He explained that the migrants had come from a hotel with big, nice rooms where they had been living for two years, but considered the new accommodation to be very small and the Wi-Fi too weak. He added that he can do nothing with the government allowance of eight pounds per week as London is too expensive. Although he noted that this hotel accommodation and food, which he said is reasonable, are paid for on top of this. Tice Riley apologized on behalf of the British taxpayer for the poor accommodation and offered to go and talk with the manager of the migrants' behalf. Commenting on the stunt, backbench conservative MP Lee Anderson tweeted, The barefaced cheek. If you don't like our taxpayer-funded rooms, then there's your old tent waiting back in France. You know where France is, right? It's that safe country you left where they will accept an asylum claim. The Home Office has sought to alleviate the financial burden on the UK taxpayer to accommodate the large influx of migrants seeking asylum in Britain in recent months, with the current bill estimated at approximately £6 million or 7 million euros per day. Efforts have been made to relocate existing migrants to more cost-effective accommodations, for example, by doubling room capacity. The governing Conservative Party has also announced plans to house new arrivals on floating barges and in disused military bases in rural locations. Despite widespread public criticism from local residents concerned about the social ramifications arising from such a proposal, we're trying to drive down the cost and number of hotels by various mechanisms, a government source told The Telegraph. You see on TikTok, you get the people smugglers saying you will get your own hotel place. We're trying to cut down on the cost. If they say they don't want to go to the accommodations that they are offered, we can withdraw support. Now, commenting on the pavement protest, a home office spokesman insisted the accommodations offered to the migrants in question is of a decent standard, and meets all legal and contractual requirements. End of the article. Now, this is this is England, right? It begs mm-hmm. the question: Are are these migrants different uh, than the ones that conservative Americans are concerned about crossing the southern border? Right? Are they not as hardworking uh, as the Mexicans looking to to come into America for a better life for their family, etc.? Uh, or is this endemic? of migrant you know of migratory uh, mindset right when you're going someplace that has a healthy dose of the welfare state yeah well the the problem is the welfare state has nothing to do with the migrants um you know i it, it should be that they should complain a, a lot more they should complain so hard that eventually it's not worth their time to complain anymore because they're not getting anything and uh and then they get a job so (laughs) well that's the thing why why don't they get a job right uh, well so the uk has a has a a big problem with uh with welfare and um they basically 
if if someone comes in, they they, they pay them to not get a job. So um, okay. And so, yeah. does and so, the United and, States not have that problem? Um. They, uh, I, I know it's different. I don't know how to explain the differences. Okay. Um, but th- there, there definitely is in, in, in the UK, there's a problem with people. Uh, well, just like this hotel, you know, there's, there's people that are there that have nothing better to do than to <laughs> sit outside their hotel and complain. Well, cause they're getting paid, right? They're, they're on yeah. the welfare system. They yeah. have migrated from their country of origin into the into into the United so, Kingdom. That's why I said the solution is to just take away all the benefits, and they won't be there at that hotel anymore complaining. They will have to do something else, which is integrate with society. So if you pay somebody to not integrate, they they will uh, they'll still be friends with with uh, you know all the people that are with them, and they they then they can collectivize and terrorize right. the neighborhood or terrorize the government or whatever. Um, but and, they're, they're not, they're not going to integrate. So that's, that's a bad problem. You know, the people come up with all kinds of crazy things to do when they're, they're busy, not, you know, integrating, not getting jobs, not, you know, uh, being normal people. And yeah, their, their no, community. I get it. But I guess what I, my suggestion is if, if a conservative American you know, a right-leaning Republican American, we're looking at this article, right? You can you can see the parallels going yeah, on, sure. right? Sure. Like th- this right here is what they are concerned about, mm-hmm. right? Migrants are coming here to get on our welfare, and they don't do anything. They just steal from tax-paying Americans, yeah, right? But you still have to look at each individual situation. Um, so what we don't have as far as I know, is is the government paying for uh, migrants to stay at, at hotels that that uh, tourists would would typically stay at? So, um, yeah, if that if that was to happen in the U.S., then then it, it would probably get atten- attention. Okay, and I guess so. There there are, there's degrees to this, right? Sure, and but. From the libertarian perspective, and this is why I, I was hoping that KS would be here, right? The, there's the claim is always from the libertarians generally, right? They are not coming here to get on our welfare. They're coming here to work. They're coming here to make a better yeah. lives for themselves. Wait. Every immigrant that I've ever met is a hard working, you know, family well, that's, man. That's obviously not true. And, but you still have to look at each individual. So, so, from my perspective, that the, the only thing that is the, the the main problem is the quota, saying how many people can come in, and then uh, beyond that is the welfare because it's it's you know theft from uh, people to pay for somebody else. So right, and I think that that aspect of it, the libertarians get right, right. You can open the borders, and and or right you know and eliminate the welfare state like one does not need to i guess i'm phrasing that wrong one does not need to precede the other right right you can you can have open immigration um before you end the welfare state but Mm -hmm. you might end up with this situation right so the best course of action is just to end the welfare state and that would remove this problem entirely 
right? Mm-hmm. Then people wouldn't come here seeking uh, welfare or financial gains or whatever. They would be they would be compelled by nature, right, to be a productive member of society, right? To two years, one of these guys was just chilling at a hotel, right, on the taxpayer's dime. Um, again, I'll take this. I'll take this back to you know the conversations with the boss. Right. I forget. I think we were talking about the bonuses and, you know, making money and how people make money or whatever. And he said, like, you know, there was a girl who used to work here and she was a, a gosh darn good telemarketer. Right. And she has found a way to get on, you know, multitude of government assistance projects, uh, programs that pay her like four grand a month, you know, to do nothing. Mm. Right. And how terrible is that? And I was like, dude, she has figured it out, right? Here's, here's the problem between you and me, right? I have a moral objection to those sorts of things. You clearly do not, right? Because you're the rule follower. The rules are here for a reason, you know, proud of being in the army and all that other fun stuff, right? How can you be mad at her for taking advantage of the situation that you're okay with having, because again, she's not doing it illegally, um, getting paid four grand to do nothing, right? If I could get paid four grand to do nothing, right? Why would I do anything else but nothing, right? You can't, why would you even be, be mad at her for that? The only reason you're mad at her, right, is because she's getting paid more than you and you work a lot harder than her. And it's some sort of like moral righteousness Right to keep you coming to work for the, on behalf of the company and to do what's right for the owner and I have the owner's best interest at heart and all the other stuff and it's like no like she's figured it out right as long as that system is going to be in place and you don't have a moral objection to using it and there's no burden for doing so right why why wouldn't you learn from her right. Why wouldn't you figure out how to get on the same government programs or whatever else you qualify for? Remember that book by Matthew Lesko, the dude that dressed like the fucking Riddler on TV? Okay. Do you remember this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was his whole book. It was just a book of government programs that you can apply to get free money from the government. <laughs> you know? Like, I'll, I'll tell you how to want to start a business. I'll tell you how to get, you know, grants and whatever up front. Um, and I don't know how many people took advantage of that, but it was, you know, I, I need to sign up for the program to, uh, help put CO2 underground. And, and, and again, <laughs> maybe, right. This is, this is again, where I'm, I'm morally flexible, right? If, if you are looking to make money, right. To better yourself and you know that the government is going to heavily subsidize, this protocol, this company, you know, whatever, right? It would behoove you in your own rational self-interest, right, to buy a stake in that company or to buy some shares in that company, right? As all the banks fail, right, you'd be foolish if you were, you know, if you were investing to not buy something in J.P. Morgan Chase because they have already been proven too big to fail, they have already been proven to get bailed out, you know, by the government. That's not, as the biggest bank, that's not going to go away, right? So there's there's minimal downside 
to that and damn near unlimited upside if they keep getting bailed out. At the very minimum, right, you will offset your losses uh, from, you know, from the inflationary aspects of bailing out big companies or, you know, or them taking your money or whatever, what have you, right? Why would you not do something uh, in your own rational self-interest to benefit you financially, even even if it's taking advantage, right, of, you know, bad situations like carbon pellets being buried underground? Why not, right? If you're an, anar- if you're an anarchist and you've paid into taxes and you can get on government benefits, right, do it. Why get your money, get your money back, right? And then take your income generating operations to the underground. So you get your money back and you prevent them from taking more, uh, seems appropriate to me. As long as you can, you know, keep up the underground aspect of it and not fall victim, right? To the, the government, uh, welfare poverty trap, right? Like one yeah, of my other well, it 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 does suck that the that the government has created this 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 game, and that's why I I think you know life for a lot of people has been gamified so that um, it's just a, a game of you know trying trying to get what you think is is owed to you or you deserve or whatever it is or you're trying to get the most you know and so that's that's kind of the game and. For a lot of people, there is no right or wrong. So right, and if you ta- um, if you have to take advantage of the dummies to do it, right, that's on them too. And but hopefully someday, uh, humans will evolve and it will say, "Yeah, that's a dumb game. There is a right and a wrong. We shouldn't steal from people to fund these other things." Yeah, um, but we keep telling them that, and they keep screaming about the roads, right? So fuck them. Yeah, so someday, someday we won't have to say that. Yeah, and you know the the people complaining, right? That I've I've changed tax. Uh, I might have shared this a while ago because I've changed tax on this over the years, right? The people complaining about the welfare system, right? Like we can't let the migrants in because the welfare system will stop participating in the welfare system, right? Stop give if you don't want them to take your money to give to the migrants, stop giving them your money, right? protest that way withhold your taxes right as best you can defend yourself as best you can right but make but make it known right if that's your issue right make it known i am not paying my taxes because i don't want to pay for migrants on welfare right say it do it i don't care why right whatever your pet issue is right whatever the government is doing i'm not paying my taxes because they keep bombing brown people in the Middle East. I'm not paying my taxes because they keep funding this war in the Ukraine. Right? I don't care what it is. Just stop paying and let it be known why. Right? And if everyone did that, right? if everyone stopped paying their taxes because of their pet issue, right? then they would have a lot less taxpayers uh, and even though they're adding numbers to the IRS, we still outnumber them. Final thoughts? Uh, no, thanks. All right, that'll do it for us then. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash the anarchistexperience. 
And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to y'all next week. Peace.